I guess. Yeah, so we're live now. Um, and uh, welcome to the Park View and Pod for all those who are listening. Um, this is my first time doing this, so we'll all be on a ride together. And we're here with Bishop Garcia, or it's still weird not calling you Bishop Garcia, I guess. Um, so I'll just keep call- calling you Bishop for this podcast. No, no worries at all. It's only uh, only been a week since I've been released, so no worries at all. Yeah, and we were saying at church that it's been like something like 10 years since you've been in early morning meetings or something like that. Uh, yeah, I guess be- between, let's see, we moved to Stansbury Park in 2007. So pretty much since 2008. Um, and then with the exception of maybe two years in between then. So from that time till now, 2013, that I've been part of ward councils or state councils in some way, shape or form. Yeah. So you have a break for today at least before something happens or someone grabs you for another calling, which I'm sure will happen. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, welcome to the podcast. And I guess we'll get started just learning more about you, Bishop, and your, I guess, where you grew up. Where are you originally from? So I actually grew up in Tooele. So my parents moved there when I was about two months old. Uh, So I've been pretty much uh, from that point until my mission in Tooele and then uh, a stint, you know, uh, going to college mission. Uh, We lived in Murray for about five years and then we moved to to Stansbury in 2007. Nice. I didn't know you grew up in Tooele. Yeah. A small world, huh? Yeah, Tula High. I graduated from Tula High School, so I'm a, a buffalo. Yeah. So your parents moved into Tula. Uh, it was that in the 80s then? It was uh, late, late 70s. 70s. Uh huh. Okay. Yep. So yeah, they, uh, my dad uh, worked for the government. So he worked for the Soil Conservation Service. And so normally he'd work kind of just in rural areas, working with the farmers. And so he knew quite a people, quite a few people in the community, especially being in Tula County. They just, my parents just barely moved to Kaysville uh, just right before COVID hit. So uh, just, yeah, my whole childhood was just in the same house, the same neighborhood and, uh, you know, just a good old time. Yeah. Do you take your kids over to see your old house? Like this is... I guess that's where your parents used to be. So that yeah, yeah, yeah. Up till up till they moved, just right before COVID. Uh, you know, obviously we'd go there and visit them, and uh, we've yeah. been kind of just driving by a few times since they've moved out, just to kind of you know drive by and take a peek, but uh, not not too often. Okay. So was that what part of Twilla was that? So it was the northern part of Twilla. So I don't know if you're familiar. I know you're from Grantsville, so. Yeah. Um, kind of just the, the northern part. In fact, it was the the furthest street north at the time when I grew up. It was called Valley View Drive. And from my, my back window, you could see the Great Salt Lake. So just filled, undeveloped land. And then you could see the Great Salt Lake. And then that didn't start getting developed. Oh, probably just right after I left on my mission. I heard, you know, stories and saw a few pictures. And then uh, when I came home for my mission... 
our ward had already split and there were obviously just hundreds of homes by that time and which was very new for me because growing up my ward never split it was just always the same ward yeah. same same group of friends really didn't have a whole lot of people who moved in or out in fact it when somebody moved in it was really kind of like a, a ward party everybody to come and join and and help them move in and literally we have like the whole ward there because it was just such a rare occurrence um but but yeah so it kind of changed uh you know when i grew up till the time that uh I went on my mission and that new development and, uh, and obviously continues today, keeps going further and further North. Um, and that area continues to grow just like Stansbury park. That's crazy. Huh? So a lot different than what we've experienced since we've been in Stansbury with the continual growth growing up. So do you have brothers and sisters? So no sisters, but I have five brothers. So there are uh, six boys uh, growing up. Uh, so my poor mom had to deal yeah. with all of us boys and uh, just, uh, you know, not having the, the girl experience. And, you know, so I'm, I'm sure uh, she had to deal with quite a bit from us and just all the energy and, and uh, all, all of all of the things that we would do every day. Yeah. So where do you fit in those six boys? So I'm the second to youngest, um, and we we're all, you know, fairly close in age between, you know, about a year and a half to, you know, about two and a half years in age difference. Uh, so we were all, you know, fairly close in age. Okay, cool. So growing up, ton of boys, um, were you guys active in the community and sports? You guys had activities? What, what was your childhood like, I guess? Yeah, uh, my, my childhood, I would say, oh boy, it was just so fun. I just uh, really enjoyed it. I feel like I told you I have five brothers and, and no sisters. And for some reason, my whole life, I've just been surrounded by just ton of boys. Like my neighborhood growing up, there were probably, you know, 35 to 40 boys within maybe about a four to six year age difference. Wow. And, and maybe just a handful of girls. So, uh, you know, in fact, in deacon's quorum, we would have to, had to split and we'd have two different deacon's quorums. And growing up, uh, we just had a ton, a ton of boys in the neighborhood. So we were just always outside. Didn't really play a whole lot inside. Um, just yeah. always outside playing games, playing sports, uh, you know, just really inventing games in the neighborhood. Yeah. It was so fun. We'd come up with all sorts of crazy things to do and play and just, I just remember always just being outside and we had a, a basketball hoop in, in our yard and our front uh, yard. And so it seems like most of the neighborhood would be there playing basketball and uh, whether it was basketball or some sort of, you know, sport that we made up or some sort of game that we played. I just feel like we were just always, always outside. I was just hanging out, riding our bikes, uh, just kind of goofing off and, and having fun. But yeah, I just had, I, I really enjoyed just the, the group of friends growing up, I felt like we were really close. Uh, we, in fact, we called ourselves the, the Valley View Posse or the, the VVP because <laughs> uh, I mentioned our street name that we lived on was Valley View Drive. Yeah. So, uh, in fact, if we run into some of our friends, we'll kind of joke around and, you know, just about the VVP, the good old days, being a part of the VVP. <laughs> nice. Do you, are you still close with those friends from growing up? Do you 
text or talk to them every once in a while? Yeah, not 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 as much as I would like. I think we kind of unfortunately all graduated before the the days of, you know, even email and, you know, texting right. and social media. So we've had a few get togethers uh, and whatnot. Uh, but uh, it is fun, you know, to kind of see them and to catch up and to hear their stories and and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I wish I wish we were a, a little bit closer in, in that regard. Yeah, it's interesting. And so you mentioned that you had the Deacons Quorum. It sounded like you your parents were active members. Tell us a little bit like more about your, I guess, growth in the growing up in the church. Was that normal? Was there any highlights uh, as you were growing up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say you know my my dad and my my mom uh, definitely you know grew up in a normal, typical uh, uh, family. Uh, you know where both parents were were active. Uh, my dad held you know leadership positions in the church. Um, in fact, he was called as a patriarch when I was on my mission. Maybe about halfway through my mission, I got a letter that he was called as the patriarch. I remember him being in the, the bishopric and the high council when I was younger. Uh, my mom, uh, same thing, just very devout, uh, very uh, you know, good at just kind of being with us and, and always being there for us and supporting us. So as far as growing up in the church, uh, I would say, you know, kind of a uh, just a, a great environment to grow up in. Uh, my, my brothers and my, my older brothers in particular, cause, uh, I was the second to youngest, you know, we're, we're always active and, uh, you know, they went on missions. In fact, all, all six of us ended up going on missions. So they were always just a great example to me. And it was kind of neat to, to have that influence in my life of, of both my parents and also my, my brothers before me as well. Yeah, that's cool. Are all your siblings still active? If you don't mind me asking. Actually, we're kind of split right now, so probably about 50-50. So I've got, uh, in fact, we're kind of moved all over the place. I've got a brother in Miami, one in Los Angeles, and one in Seattle area. And then I've got one in Lehigh, and then one in the Kaysville area. And it seems like, for whatever reason, I don't think it's necessarily geographical, but the ones who are out of state have kind of fallen away a little bit. And uh, the ones here uh, in Utah are, are, you know, pretty faithful and... uh, you know, uh, so yeah, kind of interesting the the dynamics there. Yeah, and you're the only one that stayed in the valley, huh? You I, that much? You know, if you would have asked me, in fact, all my friends growing up, uh, I, I would have never thought I would have moved back to to this area. Um, and oh. mostly, I think a lot was just uh, you know opportunity. Okay. You know, uh, going to school, going to college. You know, there wasn't a lot of opportunity to move back. Uh, you know, having a job. Uh, in that regard. So it seems like most people generally went to school, uh, you know, uh, got a career and, and really never moved back into the Valley. So, yeah, I think it was kind of something I, I never actually thought of or ever thought that there would be an opportunity to, to move back to this yeah. area. Uh, so that, yeah, that was kind of, uh, you know, uh, not, not necessarily in the plan per se. Right. We're glad you did. We're glad to have you back in the Valley. Yeah, in fact, I would say uh, one thing that kind of made a difference when we first started exploring it is uh, once Stansbury got a high school, um, you know, before that point, we were kind of like, oh, I don't know, you know, it'd be kind of fun. We drive and come visit my parents, um, you know, from Murray's where we we would live at the time. And we drive by and especially with all the home growth and whatnot, we'd kind of come take a peek, but we're never 
you know, super interested, but I remember one time uh, just kind of finding out that they were building a high school in Stansbury. I'm like, well, you know, I could, I could, I could do that. I could see that, that uh, that's something that I could see kind of, I think it just brings the community together and kind of, you know, just takes that up a, up a notch from, you know, Stansbury before was just, or at least when I grew up was really small. Uh, they did go to Tula high school, but it was just a small group that went to, to Tula high school that lived in Stansbury. Right. Right. Yeah. I remember that too. I think my senior year, the year after is when they got the Stansbury high school going and it's, yeah, it was a big event. <clears throat> so you grew up in Tooele, six brothers, um, faithful family. Do you feel like you had a testimony going into your mission or tell us a little bit about your testimony and how it was and how that kind of, I guess, led you to a mission and that path there? Yeah, I, I feel like, um, you know, from an early age, you know, I always, I always believed, uh, and it's something that I always felt, uh, you know, very impressed by. I, I wouldn't always necessarily say I, I knew the truth or I, I knew what I believed in. I remember um, in seminary, and it was my freshman year, and uh, you know, we kind of talked about the difference between you know believing and knowing and having a testimony. And uh, our, our seminary teachers really just kind of asked us to, you know, to share our testimonies and, and don't, you know, be afraid to say, I believe, as opposed to I know. And I, and I thought that was really great because at the time, you know, a lot of times, especially as, you know, young ones, you get up and, you know, uh, I know the church is true. And, you know, you kind of give the, the typical testimony. And, and sometimes you really wonder, well, do I really know? And do I have a testimony or is it something that I, I just believe in? And so I feel like, uh, you know, my seminary years, I was still kind of more having a belief in, I didn't necessarily, uh, you know, know for sure, uh, have a, have a, you know, deep testimony in that way, more so than just kind of having a, a general belief. I mean, it, it felt good to me. Um, you know, it just really felt right in that regard. Uh, you know, the more that I participate in the church, the more that I read the scriptures, the more that I you know, I read the Book of Mormon, uh, you know, I think my my testimony continued to grow in that regard. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say kind of, uh, you know, from that time up till the time that I went on my mission, um, I felt like, you know, it definitely continued to grow and definitely, uh, you know, just had some of those, you know, step-by-step experiences along the way that just increased my testimony that I, I do feel like, you know, by the time that I had graduated or at least when I had left on my mission, I knew that I could testify that I did have a testimony that I did know uh, the church to be true and, and the book of Mormon, you know, to, to be true um, even, even before and, and kind of leaving on my mission. I, I know that I, I did have a testimony at that point and I, I felt like I could testify uh, accordingly uh, in that regard. Awesome. So all through high school, I'm guessing, seminary, like you said. And then so after high school, back when me and you graduated high school, there was like a gap time, usually before admission. Did you leave on your mission pretty close after that? Did you go to work? Did you go to school? Did you get in trouble? Anything <laughs> like that? <laughs> all of the above. 
<laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I did. Uh, I did go to school for a year. Uh, I went to the University of Utah uh, my freshman year, and that was uh, yeah, like you mentioned at the time, you had to wait till you're 19 to leave on your mission. Right. So I, I went up to school for a year. And uh, in fact, I got my mission call right in the middle of finals. Uh, and this is back, you know, for today's day and age where you get it emailed to you and you right. can open up that way. But uh, my, my parents had let me know that I had received my mission call and it was it was here. It was at home. And and I remember it was right during the middle of finals. Uh, and so uh, I remember I, I didn't necessarily go home the day that I got my mission call. Uh, and in fact, maybe a little bit of a, a backstory there as well. Uh, when I had met with my my stake president uh, for my missionary interview, um, he had uh, one thing that he invited me to do was to to reread or reread the Book of Mormon. Uh, in between that time that we'd met and the time that that I was to receive my mission call, and he'd said, "I know they're coming in about a week and a half. You know, a week and a half to two weeks." Um, and he kind of just, uh, you know, extended that invitation to do so. And I'm thinking, oh boy, here we are, we're in the middle of finals. Uh, I've got all sorts of things, you know, and I'm studying and, and I've got to read the book of Mormon, you know, in a week and a half to two weeks period of time. Uh, but I, I accepted that invitation and I kind of mapped it out, you know, how long I would need to read each day and how many chapters I would need to read. And, and he kind of mentioned, you know, I'm not expecting you to, you know, delve in and really kind of flip back and forth you know, between uh, chapters or footnotes and that sort of thing. But I just want you to kind of just read it from cover to cover and just kind of have, have an experience that way. And so I remember I just reading and, uh, you know, uh, it was just looking back and even at the time of, boy, it was just a great experience, great opportunity, because for as much as I felt like I didn't have time to do that, uh, boy, it was just such a blessing to me because then I, I really was able to see, you know, when we obey, when we're willing to to listen and be obedient to, you know, some of those things that our priesthood leaders ask of us uh, and, and really just having those spiritual opportunities that our lives are blessed in, in so many ways. And, and so uh, it was hard, uh, like I mentioned, studying uh, my regular classes and, you know, spending a good, uh, you know, couple hours a day uh, plus, you know, reading, reading the book of Mormon. But uh, I remember when my parents let me know that my mission call was here, I'm like, wait, no, like it's too early. Like I need, I'm not done yet. I need, I need another. I think I waited two, two extra days because I just wanted to be done uh, reading the Book of Mormon again, uh, you yeah. know, before I had gone back and to open up my mission call. And then also just, like I say, uh, I was still kind of in the middle of finals and, you know, to, to go back home and then to, to come back and, uh, you know, kind of just wanted to just wrap things up first and then come on home after that. But I think my... Mm family would probably call me crazy, especially in today's day and age for having a mission call and waiting a couple yeah. days to open it up. But I, I did wait a few days to, to open it up. Interesting. So you were living on campus at the U? I did. Uh, in fact, I, I lived in the dorms. Um, uh, my freshman year, I had a, a scholarship that paid for half of my uh, rent to live up in the dorms. So I, I, I did right. live up in the dorms my, my freshman year. Have a full freshman college experience. Yes, yes, which is uh, a little bit different at the U, especially kind of the the old school dorms before they tore them down and built up the new ones. It was just just a small little bedroom, and I just had one roommate. And then with our whole floor, we shared kind of the kitchen area, 
uh, in the bathroom uh, area with everybody on the whole floor. And so it was just really teeny, teeny room, uh, just enough for a bed, a little kind of desk in the corner and, and you know, a closet. And, and that was yeah. about it. Oh, interesting. So you got your mission call. Where was it to? So I served my mission in Argentina Resistencia. And uh, so I left uh, in, let's see, 96 is when I, I left uh, uh, and began serving and uh, returned home in 1998. Yeah. So did you speak Spanish before going? So my, yeah, my mom is from Guatemala okay. and my dad is from New Mexico. So in New Mexico, uh, you know, they kind of speak a little Spanglish. bit of both. Yes, Spanglish. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely in the home, you know, uh, knew I didn't necessarily, I didn't, I never spoke, you know, I think it was one of those things where I could understand and, uh, you know, my parents would, you know, ask us to do things or, you know, talk to us in Spanish. Um, but I never really spoke back or, or didn't really completely understand everything in all honesty. I would say uh, in high school, I did take four years of Spanish and that really, that really helped out as well. So I do feel like when I left on my mission, in fact, uh, I, you know, they do the little assessment before you leave on your mission and they determine, you know, whether you're kind of in the beginner or the intermediate or kind of starting off in the advanced uh, group in the MTC. And so they'd called and, uh, and I remember my brothers kind of mentioning before that, you know, some of them were in the intermediate, some were in the advanced and the ones that were in the intermediate kind of said, Oh, I wish I, I wish they would have started me off in the advanced. And yeah. so they kind of did the evaluation and they're like, well, you're kind of in between intermediate and advanced. And I kind of had shared with them, well, you know, my brothers who had intermediate felt like they, you know, should have been in advanced. And they said, well, do you want to? I'm like, sure. And yeah. so I started off in the MTC and the advanced and boy, little did I know uh, the advanced was literally uh, everybody from, uh, you know, a foreign country who spoke huh. Spanish as a native language. Yeah. And I was, I was the only one who, you know, kind of actually me and, and my companion, but he had lived in Venezuela for, for a year, uh, kind of doing a uh, foreign exchange program. So he was, you know, pretty fluent, uh, but the rest were all from a foreign, foreign country. And uh, really it was the kind of the same MTC experiences. Everybody who speaks English would have, we were there for the three weeks and then they right. kind of send you out from there. So everything from day one was just, awesome. I didn't have any Spanish classes. It was just all everything in Spanish from day one. And that's where I realized, boy, I was uh, in over my head there, you know, just, <laughs> I, I could understand, like I say, and I could communicate basic things. Yeah. Uh, but the, the gospel, like I, I, you know, had never read the book of Mormon in Spanish or never really had, you know, uh, gospel conversations in Spanish. So uh, definitely those. And I ended up having to, to spend extra time because of visa and whatnot. So I was in the MTC for about uh, 10 weeks uh, so I, I did by, by the time that I'd left and I got to my mission, I really felt uh, even from day one, I could kind of understand everything that was going on. Um, and I could really communicate, you know, more of the, you know, uh, basic things. But once again, kind of getting into the gospel side, it, it took me, you know, a little bit to get up and running there before I felt like I could just really, you know, uh, dive in and fully communicate and, and fully uh, right. you know, share the, the way that I, that I had wanted to, or that, uh, you know, the people needed to hear as well. Uh, 
And did you have to relearn your accent? I know Argentina has a different accent. Yes, yes. In fact, uh, yeah, they have a, a different accent. And I had kind of made it a point that I wanted them to think that I was from Argentina. And I didn't want yeah. them to think that I was from the, the United States or that I was from, because we had a lot of uh, Chilean uh, missionaries. And they have a different accent as well. And so I'm like, no, I want them to, to think that I'm, I'm from Argentina. So I really tried to, to practice that accent. And and then uh, probably about maybe six months, nine months into my mission, I realized, because my mission my uh, my uh, mission president was from Mexico, and all of my companions, in fact, I never had one Argentine companion. They were all from Chile, all of my native uh, companions. And mm-hmm. I'm all, well, why am I trying to speak different. Like why did, I'll just talk normal, you know, the way that I yeah. kind of, that I heard in the home and the way that, you know, I learned before Argentina. So then I kind of switched over and kind of just started talking. And then they, then from there on out, they all thought I was Chilean. So. Hmm. Just kind of decided to be you, which yeah. is, I think is always a good choice. Yeah. So any, any, I guess, testimony building or good fun stories from your mission that you want people to know about? Yeah, yeah, definitely just uh, plenty of testimony building experiences. I felt like even, you know, from day one, uh, you know, just the people that I met um, and the experiences that I had, I was just super excited. You know, when I received my mission call going to Argentina, I, I, I did want to go outside the country. I was hoping it was going to be Spanish speaking. So I was just excited about that. I was a little bit, uh, you know, kind of bummed that I'd have to stay in the MTC for as long as I did. I really wanted to get out there. I was hoping, like I said, after three weeks, four weeks, I was going to be able to, to make it to Argentina. But, uh, you know, really just the timing of, of everything, I think really lined up great and worked out great. Because uh, I think even just uh, probably maybe my first week or so, uh, you know, even from then, even just uh, some of the memories that I had, and from a, an individual that we were able to work with named uh, Hugo Galeano was one of the first mm-hmm. individuals that I was able to, to meet and to teach. And uh, he uh, got baptized and eventually, uh, even before I left my mission, ended up being uh, in the in the bishopric. So uh, just even, like I say, seeing the Lord's hand from day one, from you know being in the right place, the right time, uh, you know the right uh, the right situation. To uh, you know, the Lord not only blesses me, but blesses the lives of others who who are willing to to learn and to to make and keep those covenants. Uh, you know that that we would teach. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. So you said, yeah, two years from ninety six. You said ninety eight, or you got mm-hmm. back in ninety six. Yeah, I left in ninety six and came home uh, in ninety eight. Okay. Um, I guess maybe one other. You mentioned uh, you know other just uh, experiences on the mission. I think there's one, yeah. one, one, and obviously many, many uh, experiences on the mission. I mean, that could be, you know, whole other conversation as far as, you know, life learned lessons and whatnot. But uh, one, one interesting thing is I was actually put in as the financial secretary on my mission. Mm-hmm. And uh, before I was put in, there was actually uh, an elder who was called her a, a senior missionary couple where he was called as the financial secretary and she was the, the, the historian. And so he was there for his full 18 months. 
And uh, so I was able to kind of follow him as he left and he trained me for a month. And so I was the financial secretary for uh, 10 months of my mission. Uh And uh, so that was kind of a a unique experience. Uh, You know, we would do things in the office, you know, in the morning and kind of into the afternoon. And then we'd go out in the afternoon and, and teach and do regular missionary work. But, uh, you know, that was kind of uh, changed my, my path in a lot of ways. My, you'd mentioned uh, kind of before my mission, before my mission, I uh, uh, was going into engineering. I had a, a scholarship at the University of Utah going into engineering. And, uh, and I've always loved, you know, math. I've always loved, uh, you know, finances and things like that. Uh, but when I was put in as the financial secretary, I was like, wow, you know, I kind of kind of like this. You know, I, I wonder, you know, coming home, if that's something I should pursue or, or if I should kind of go back to the engineering route. And uh, when I came home from my mission, uh, and I still, I was on scholarship still, so I needed to take some engineering classes and I still continue to do so, but I took some business classes just to kind of see, you know, how I would like that and just ended up, uh, you know, falling in love with that aspect and uh, kind of ended up pursuing that route. At first, I kind of thought maybe finance and then ended up, uh, you know, pursuing, uh, you know, accounting as uh, uh, my my degree in, in college. So that was uh, yeah. kind of something that I felt like looking back, like, man, maybe there's something to this, you know, maybe the Lord's trying to show me something here and, uh, you know, uh, kind of shaped a, a little bit of a, a change there from what I had originally thought. No, that's awesome. Because so you got back, you was it instantly like I should start taking, looking into accounting or you said you had taken business classes and that's when it opened it up for you or you just thought, you know, I really liked being the financial clerk and the mission and I'm going to look into that more. And Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say coming back, uh, I definitely wanted to explore it. Um, so I did take some business classes that first semester back, but also took some engineering classes as well because I kind of had a balance, uh, you know, between the two. Yeah. Um, and just to kind of see, I kind of wanted to explore and just see, hey, is this something I want to pursue or not want to pursue? And uh, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed those and uh, ended up, you know, just uh, pursuing that uh, that particular avenue. Nice. So when you came back, did you come back and go back up to the U or did you go, you went back up to U of U? I did. I came home from my mission. I was only here for three weeks before the semester started. And so this time I moved in with uh, one of my brothers and so that was fun because when I was in the dorm, uh, it was like I, said, I mentioned, it was just one roommate. It was somebody who I'd never met before. Uh, but when I moved back home or came back home for my mission and started back at the University of Utah, I was able to, to move in with one of my brothers. And that was a neat experience because I think he was uh, probably one of the, the biggest ones who uh, kind of recruited me, if you will, to the University of Utah. Yeah. Uh, because my dad went to BYU. Uh, my oldest brother went to BYU. And then from there on out, uh, we kind of were all over the place between Utah State. Uh, my brother that I moved in with went to the University of Utah. And just hearing out, you know, all of his experiences and things like that, I'm like, ooh, I want to go to the University of Utah. That, that sounds mm-hmm. super fun. And uh, so I, I moved in with him. And, and basically, uh, he and, you know, my other roommates, uh, that didn't change basically until I got married. So about four years after that. 
all of us, uh, you know, and, and my brother and some of the other ones, they had, you know, uh, finished school or were working full time at that point. Cause they were a little bit older than I was, but, uh, right. basically those were my roommates for the next four years uh, until I finished school and, and until I got married. So it was just super fun four years after that. And we did all sorts of fun things together and enjoyed the, the college atmosphere and, uh, just a fun time. Yeah. College football and going to the games i'm assuming oh for sure yeah it was uh, fun yeah. uh, you know going all to the all the football games all the basketball games uh you know just playing intramural sports uh just uh, at the time at the university of utah they had uh, uh lds fraternities and sororities which they no longer do but oh. uh so i joined an lds fraternity um, and in fact, that was uh, one of the things that my brother had recruited me into because he was uh, part of that same LDS. Fr- in fact, there were multiple uh, LDS fraternities and sororities. So you kind of, you know, you took your pick uh, of which one that you kind of wanted to be in. And they were all a little bit different, had a little yeah. bit different, uh, you know, things that they liked to do or interests and, and that sort of thing. So you kind of took your pick of which one that you wanted to be in and be a part of. And and uh, so that was uh, a part of a lot of my memories, uh, especially in in college was just uh, not only within the ward and just the group of friends there, but also within uh, the, the LDS fraternity that, that I was in as well. Hmm. That's interesting. So you went to, did you graduate before? So when did you find your wife, I guess? Cause you said you graduated four years and that's when you found and got married. What was that? So, What's that story? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I, so, uh, Kirsten actually was in one of the LDS sororities. And the first time that I met her was at an exchange. And, uh, you know, you, and you have exchanges like pretty much every week. You're you know, meeting different people and doing different activities. And, and I remember yeah. meeting her at this exchange and, and you know, talking to her and just kind of just having just brief conversation, you know, not nothing, you know, uh, too big. And then it was maybe about three or four months later she actually moved into my ward where I was living up at the university of Utah. And I'm like, Hey, I remember you. And kind of just talked to her a little bit and, you know, uh, just, you know, nothing at that time. Right. Just kind of just talking to her and kind of just, uh, just uh, getting to know her, I guess a little bit and her roommates and her friends and and that sort of a thing. And then eventually, uh, you know, we became really good friends. So her group of friends and, my roommates and all my friends, we hung out for probably a good year or so. And we, we did everything together and we would just, uh, you know, go out to eat and we go to movies and we do activities. And, um, you know, uh, I remember one year we went uh, for spring break, we went to San Diego and, uh, you know, just same thing, this group of friends, you know, that we did everything together and, uh, Kirsten actually went out to Philadelphia to visit her brother for spring break. Um, and so I remember just being excited about spring break and going and coming home and like, wow, that, uh, I don't know why, but I'm like, that just wasn't as fun as what I was thinking. And, uh, the same day we came home, you know, from spring break, we went out to eat that night and Kirsten was back at that time. And we went out to eat and I remember, you know, just sitting by her and just, you know, talking to her and just like, wow, like this is fun. Like maybe, I mean, this is maybe what I was missing, you know? And it kind of just hit me over the head a little bit like, Oh, 
you know, is, is that, is that why I, I didn't have a, a good time, you know, when yeah. we're out with all of our friends and maybe that's why I was having so much fun with all our friends is because, you know, uh, because of Kirsten and, uh, looking back, you know, all of her roommates and all my roommates and everybody was kind of like, uh, you're a little bit slow. You know, they would always say, Oh yeah, you guys always would, you know, kind of, we, we knew, you know, that you'd get together <laughs> and things like that. And I'm like, Oh, I had no idea. You know, that I was kind of gravitating more towards her and kind of communicating with her a lot and, and that sort of a thing. And, and, uh, so yeah, we were actually, you know, really good friends and I always, uh, you know, eventually, you know, wanted to, to marry somebody who was, you know, my friend or my best friend. Uh, and that's yeah. easier said than done because, uh, you know, it was, then it became, well, how do I transition this from kind of more of a friendship to Get dating friend zone. And then also, if this doesn't work, you know, now our friends, right, our group of friends, this is going to change change things drastically. And are we even going to be able to hang out anymore? And I mean, you know, the dynamics, right, in college with yeah. roommates and that sort of a thing. And uh, and so that did go through my mind as well. And so, yeah, we, we dated uh, for about a year. Um, and then uh, we both graduated the same year. So in, in 2002. And in fact, I could have graduated a semester earlier than she did, but uh, actually decided that to hang out in school a little bit longer, kind of drag my feet a little bit because I'd be like, well, you know, it'd be kind of fun to, you know, we were dating at the time and I'm like, I don't know what else, you know, I'm going to be doing. I mean, I was working pretty much full time by that time already, but uh, so I, I decided to, to double major because I uh, like I said, had more classes that I could take and whatnot. So I double majored in accounting and information systems. And then uh, Kirsten graduated that same time, 2002. And uh, we got married in uh, June, just about a month after we graduated. Nice. So right out, you graduate, both are married, both with degrees. You have the world in front of you. Well, what happens then? You guys both go out and take over the world or family then comes on or the real world hits right after that. <laughs> so now you realize, boy, we're, we're not in college anymore. We have to make some real decisions. And uh, so uh, at the time, so Kirsten had applied and been accepted. So she, she got her bachelor's degree in health promotion education. And uh, she got accepted to the master's program at the university of Utah for occupational therapy. Now at this point, like I said, we had already, you know, uh, you know, uh, gotten married or, or were in the process beforehand when she got accepted of, you know, being engaged and just really kind of trying to decide, you know, what, what, what are our plans? What do we want to do? You know, do we want to take on another, uh, how many more years of schooling and then, uh, you know, more, uh, you know, money as far as uh, student loans and things like that. Um, and then kind of where, where do we want to be, uh, you know, from that standpoint and even from a family, you know, will that kind of prolong us having kids and starting our family. And so we decided at that point, uh, you know, together that uh, she decided to go to Salt Lake Community College and get a certificate in physical therapy assisting, which was a lot cheaper and a lot quicker of a degree and then that way she could kind of uh, continue working without just incurring a lot of debt. And it was a little bit more conducive to, you know, something that she could do 
you know, even being uh, staying at home with the kids and kind of doing on a part-time basis or even on weekends or on call, that sort right. of a thing. And so that's kind of the, the route that she, she pursued there uh, with that. Uh, I know that was hard and kind of a sacrifice for her, but uh, we did counsel together about that. And, and uh, you know, we, we prayed about that and felt good, um, you know, to kind of start moving forward in that regard and, and uh, starting off our family. And so uh, we had Sienna uh, two years, about two years after we were married. So just enough time for her to kind of finish her school and to, you know, get in some of her clinical time so she could finish off there. And, uh, and uh, so Sienna was born about two years after we were married. So is that all while you guys were living in Murray now? You yeah. guys are. Yeah. So married. we, yeah. So we uh, moved to Murray just upon graduation. So I mentioned Kirsten was in the, the same ward that I was in, in college. So, uh, you know, I packed up my belongings in my little car and she's able to pack up her belongings in her little car. Actually, she didn't have a car at the time. So, you know, we were able to pack things up in two trips and just, you know, moved in into Murray and we, we lived in Murray for, for five years. Uh, and so Sienna and Alyssa were born uh, when we were living in Murray and then uh, Mackenzie, we were pregnant with Mackenzie when we decided to move out to Stansbury park. We were just living in a, a small condo. It was a yeah. two, two bedroom condo. And once we, uh, you know, were expecting Mackenzie kind of felt right to, at that point to, to start looking into buying a, a house, something with a little bit more, you know, room and space and yard. And, and in fact, we uh, were hoping to, to stay in Murray and really wanted to, to, to live there. Um, and then as we just started looking around at just the prices of homes and things like that. And, the, and then the more we really thought about it, you know, uh, just, I mean, the convenience is nice. Everything, you know, was 15 minutes in any direction for anything that you could do. But Right. Uh, just thinking more long-term and just our kids and just the environment that we wanted them to grow up in. Uh, we, we knew that Murray wasn't the, the, the place uh, that, that we felt like we wanted to raise our family and uh, we wanted something just, uh, you know, with that community feel and just something where they could have lots of friends and lots of kids in the neighborhood and just be safe in Murray. Our ward it was one of those wards where, there wasn't a lot of youth, um, you know, the, the youth program and the primary uh, program was just, you know, pretty small because there wasn't right. a lot of youth. Uh, and so we really wanted them to grow up in an environment where they had lots of kids and lots of friends and, you know, could roam the neighborhoods and, you know, ride their bikes. And you didn't have to be worried about, uh, you know, who's two blocks over and you know, the majority of people that, you, you know, we, we didn't know just because there weren't right. uh, a whole lot of uh, members and, um, you know, a little bit more transient uh, of a of an area as well in Murray. So, and that I guess that brings you back to coming out to Stansbury, realizing they're building a high school. What we talked about earlier during that time, did you find, I guess, professionally your job that you're currently in, or have you found a job? You said you're working almost full time, and then you entered the real world. What does that look like, and where's kind of where you're at now. Yeah. Kind of, uh, interesting. Um, when I came home from my mission, I, uh, really was just looking for a job like, okay, I want to find a job. I, I literally, I, I didn't work for the first maybe two or three months after I came home from my mission, I was just going to school and 
quickly realized like, okay, I'm literally out of money. I had like maybe 50 bucks, you know, in, in, in my bank right. account. Like, okay, I gotta, gotta find a job. Uh, and not that I didn't want to, but just, uh, you know, I, 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 I knew I had enough to make it to the end of that semester. And so I'm, I'm looking for a job and, and uh, kind of interviewing and whatnot. And, and uh, at this point in the summer, you know, was going to, it was about three or four months before summer. So I, I really was just kind of almost willing to take the first job that I could find. And I'd interviewed in different places. And, uh, you know, in fact, there was uh, one interview that I went to that I, I didn't even dress up for because it was like, uh, I could, you know, no big deal, whatever. You know, yeah. I, I, it's not even something that I may even consider. But uh, I walked in and, and basically, you know, they just offered me the job pretty much on the spot. And it was doing data entry. And uh, so I, you know, did that, you know, part-time uh, for about three months. And right before summer hit, they kind of pulled me in and were interviewing and, and had just asked what my, my plans were. And I said, oh, well, you know, I'm probably going to, you know, find a new job. And, you know, and they're like, what? Like, you know, kind of, I guess you don't tell your employer that you're just looking to leave, I guess. <laughs> right. And so they're like, well, well, why is that? I'm like, well, you know, I'm just looking for something more to do with my degree. And so like, well, what's, what's your degree? And I'm like, well, accounting, like, well, actually, you know, we, we, uh, we, we may have something for you. You know, we've got uh, one of the guys here who, you know, is doing operations and the accounting and, and uh, you know, we want to get him more involved in the operation side and, you know, it wouldn't be full-time by any means, but uh, maybe for the summer you could do that part-time and do, and go, do what you're currently doing part-time. And then once school starts back again after summer, then you can just do just the accounting side. And so mm. they asked me to consider that. And uh, I'm like, okay, yeah, that, that sounds doable. I'll get, you know, full eight hours in during the summer, which is what I wanted. And then once the school started back up, I, I you know, wanted something, you know, definitely more, uh, to give me experience with what I was doing, what I was going to school for. Um, and then uh, really that progressed pretty much every year. So I, I kind of started off working about four hours a day. Next year, about five hours a day, six hours a day, seven hours a day. And then when I graduated, I was already pretty much working almost full time just because the workload mm-hmm. just continued to increase. We were just a small company that continued to grow. And then uh, when I graduated, it was right after 9-11, and so the job market was just was just super yeah. hard. Uh, there wasn't a lot out there. In fact, all of the main CPA firms throughout the state of Utah, they were only hiring like two people. And this is between all firms throughout the whole state. Wow. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh boy, you know, that's, uh, that's going to be pretty rough. And, and my company that I was working for, uh, you know, had offered me a position and kind of same thing. I didn't necessarily envision that I kind of wanted to stay with them or know if I wanted to stay with them, but just kind of with the way that things worked out and the economic environment, I, I you know, decided to, to take that position and uh, just kind of continued to, to stay on with them. And so, yeah, I, I started and continued working with them after graduation. Um, ended up being just a, a great opportunity. Uh, you know, little did I know once again that, uh, you know, I think, once again, think about kind of the timing and how things worked out. Uh, you know, uh, that company that I had stayed with ended up getting purchased uh, in about a year and a half after that point. And, uh, you know, being in accounting and on the accounting side, just great opportunity, great experience going through a merger and an acquisition with a, a big company. 
um, going through all the things that he needed to go through just to give me a, a lot of uh, experience, uh, you know, that I think was pretty, pretty valuable for me to get at that point in my career. Um, and then it continued over the course of the next, you know, from 2001 till 2015, no, 2014, I should say, uh, we were purchased six different times. And oh, so wow. we went from a small, you know, a company to midsize to publicly traded company, back down to midsize, back down to being privately owned again. And uh, within each of those, uh, you know, mergers and, uh, you know, just uh, changes of ownership and things like that, uh, just, uh, boy, from an accounting side, that's uh, a lot of work, you know, just kind of getting everything changed yeah. over, new accounting system, new policies, procedures, new people I was working with and things like that. Um, and so, yeah, if you would have told me, you know, uh, back when I had come home from my mission and walked in that door that, uh, in one way, shape or form that, that I was going to continue to be with those same individuals or kind of that same group, uh, or company, uh, yeah. you know, how many years down the line, uh, I would have thought you were crazy, but, uh, so was it a t-shirt and jeans you wore? You said you weren't dressed I, up. I, I did. Yeah. I, and I, and I dressed up for all the interviews I went to and everything, right. but that one I literally, cause I was just coming straight from class and I'm like, oh, I don't want to go home and change and go to this interview. And I'm like, I don't even know if it's something that I'll, all I'm even interested in. It's probably further away than I would like. Cause I wanted something right. just, you know, downtown or kind of close to campus and, and uh, yeah, showed up. And like I say, they pretty much just, hired me on the spot. I remember going back and calling those other companies that I'd interviewed for and said, Hey, you know, uh, you know, when are you making your decision? Cause they paid more and kind of something a little bit more fun. And they're like, well, you know, we're, we're still interviewing. We're not gonna know for another two or three weeks. I'm like, Oh, I don't want to wait two or three weeks. I'm, you know, doing the math in my, my head. And like, you know, if I can even work for these extra two or three weeks, even making less money, you know, I'll, I, I can make more money and then I'll just find something, you know, higher paying in the summer. And so that's uh, kind of, you know, where I I started with that. Um, So, yeah, like I say, kind of looking back, uh, I thought it was just never would have thought that small little path would have led to to where it is today. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So, so that puts us back in Stansbury. You have three kids at the time and you move, did you move into the house that you're in now? Yeah. Yeah, You've always been Uh in that same house. Yeah. Yeah. So we had, uh, so Mackenzie was, was, uh, we had two and a half Mackenzie was on her way. And then, uh, we, we had Mackenzie just shortly after we moved here, we moved here, I think in September and then Mackenzie was born in, in February of 2008. Got it. And now you have five kids. Yeah. Five kids. Yep. So five kids. Uh, and so after Mackenzie, uh, Cooper and Noah, and yeah. so we went from having all girls and which was the complete opposite of my growing up and everything I experienced my whole life with everything being all boys. Uh, now we were the all girl family except for me. And so everything was princesses and a uh, complete different environment that I grew up with uh, until the boys came. And then uh, in fact, with Cooper, we decided uh, not to, we decided to wait to find out uh, the gender until birth. And, uh, so when Cooper was born, it was like, yes, you know, we've we've got (laughs) another boy in the household. Yeah. Uh, And so that was uh, uh, pretty neat. And then, uh, Noah came a couple years after that. And, 
And uh, yeah, so just been very blessed with a great family and great kids. And uh, of course, Kirsten is a super, super great. Yeah. So you've been in the same house, kids have been growing up, anything of note, I guess, over the past, how many decade or more uh, here in Stansbury? Any highlights that we need to know about? Any highlights? Um, let's see. I, I think just uh, one kind of getting involved in the community and just, uh, you know, our, our love for the people here in Stansbury. It's just been, you know, the best experience ever. Just, you know, I feel just very uh, uh, inspired with how everything worked out and, uh, you know, being where we are, the house that we are, the neighborhood that we're in, the, the ward that we're in, even with all the different splits and divisions. Uh, you know, I was always felt like we've just been at the, the right place at the right time, uh, you know, uh, and everything has just always been, you know, uh, really worked out to, to our advantage because of that. Yeah. Awesome. So, and now you have one daughter in college. The rest are still at home, right? Yeah. So Sienna, who's our oldest, so she's up at Utah State right now. And she just got her mission call. So she'll be leaving on February 5th to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, I didn't know that. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. And the, oh. the, the interesting part about that is uh, my dad grew up in Taos, New Mexico. And uh, so that I'll actually, you know, uh, will be in the same mission is uh, where she'll be going. So uh, obviously my dad and most of my family, uh, you know, have moved elsewhere, but we do still have some you know, relatives and, and our ancestors on my dad's side goes back, you know, multiple generations who have lived kind of in that New Mexico area. Uh, so I think it'll be neat for Sienna to kind of go back to her roots a little bit. And, uh, and she really loves, you know, like family history and, and things like that. Yeah. I think this will really help her uh, to kind of catch up a little bit with, um, you know, just some of her ancestors and just, we have a lot of, a lot of history in that area. Did you say February? Uh-huh. Did you believe it? Yeah, February. That's just around the corner. That's coming up quick. Yeah, yeah, coming up quick. Yeah, so in fact, she uh, goes through the temple this weekend, this coming Friday. And so we're just looking forward to being there uh, with her and for her and uh, being able to, to share that uh, that uh, neat uh, experience that she'll have to receive her endowment. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, uh, is there anything else, I guess, of note? that the world needs to know about the world. We're sending this out into the world. <laughs> legit podcast. Sending this out to the world. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, just, uh, uh, you know, just once again, just, uh, just grateful for, for all. I feel like I've just been blessed in my life. I feel like, uh, you know, I, I couldn't have asked for, for anything better. And uh, my patriarchal blessing, it, it mentions, you know, it's many, many blessings that I'll receive. And, uh, uh, you know, I feel like those uh, continue to be fulfilled and, and just beyond the anything that I could ever hope for. I just feel like I've just been lived a, a great life up to this point. I know I'm still young and have many years ahead of me, but uh, I just feel like I've just been truly blessed in so many aspects. Yeah. And, uh, boy, I'm just uh, so grateful for all that I have. Yeah, and I should have. 
um, prepared you, but usually at the end of these podcasts, Kirk was asking one question. I think I'm going to continue asking that question. But the question is, if, if you can go into the future and give advice to your great-grandkids or your descendants you know we're we hop in time machine we go forward you find your descendants and you have advice for them what advice would you give them oh boy um i i would just say you know just uh you know be true to those standards and those covenants that uh they've made or at least i, I would hope at that point that they have made or maybe they haven't made them yet to to, to find out what those covenants are and what those promised blessings that our Heavenly Father wants to be able to give to them and provide to them, uh, you know, draw closer to the Savior. Uh, he is your advocate. He is my advocate. Uh, as we do those things that help us draw near to Him, then uh, we can increase in our relationship uh, that we have to our Savior and to our Heavenly Father. So just, uh, yeah, be, be, be true to yourself, uh, seek out righteousness, seek out those things uh, that are, you know, lovely and of good report, uh, those things that make you happy, that provide joy and happiness in this life. And I think a lot of that really is uh, through family, as we have those opportunities and experiences and as we interact with each other. Um, and then also through the gospel of Jesus Christ, it provides a direction, it provides guidance, it provides, uh, you know, stability. Uh, there's so many things in life, uh, you know, that cause questions or doubts or concerns and, uh, you know, can can really blow us back and forth. Uh, but as we're seeking those things that, uh, you know, provide that secure foundation as we draw closer to our Savior, then uh, we will have that sure foundation. And, you know, when we have those trials of faith that uh, we all have, that uh, we'll be able to withstand them and we'll be able to enjoy the blessings that our Heavenly Father has in store for us. That's the part that for me is just so, so exciting. I don't think we truly understand, um, you know, uh, everything that our Heavenly Father wants to bless us with. And I know we, we talk about it and we know, uh, you know, that that's promised to us. But, uh, you know, as we work towards that and as we take upon ourselves those covenants uh, through those ordinances that we need to, uh, particularly in the temple, to uh, be able to to draw near to Christ and, and to our Heavenly Father, uh, what a what a grand reunion that that'll be! Um, and, and once again, talking to my posterity, if I'm talking to them, you know, in the future, I just hope to to be able to be with them and uh, and want to be with them for uh, all eternity. Great, great advice. I think that's where we'll end. All right. Well, thank you.